Thank you for joining us online. Um, we are beginning today a series on spiritual disciplines. And this will continue for the next few weeks. Michael will be picking back up next Sunday. And uh, I encourage you to explore uh, spiritual disciplines. You can locate these online. And um, I think you will see that uh, many of them uh, complement one another. The author Richard Foster had this to say. The desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8 says it this way. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better because it promises benefits not only in this life, but in the life to come. So what is a discipline? In our language, it's either a noun or a verb. As a noun, it is a thing. It is defined as the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior. As a verb showing action, it's defined as to train someone to obey rules or a code of behavior. So what is a spiritual discipline? Well, obviously, Spiritual disciplines have their roots in spiritual, spirituality. Spiritual disciplines are habits, practices, and experiences that are designed to develop, grow, and strengthen certain qualities of the spirit, to build the muscles of one's character and expand the breadth of one's inner life. They structure the workouts which train the soul. As Timothy, uh, the letter to Timothy mentioned, there's very little meaning in physical exercises themselves. Jumping jacks or squats are just motions that are designed to enhance muscles. Their purpose is in what they produce fitness and strength. Likewise, spiritual exercises are means to ends. Their meaning is not found in the practice themselves, but in the strength and growth that they create in the soul. An example of some spiritual disciplines include gratitude, prayer, fasting, simplicity, fellowship, journaling, chastity, stewardship, submission or obedience, study, evangelism, contemplation, confession, solitude, meditation, self-examination, 
silence and celebration. The spiritual discipline that we will explore today is the one of gratitude. So what is gratitude? Gratitude is the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. Then the question is asked, to whom should we express gratitude? Well, to God, certainly, but also to other people. So gratitude can also be expressed as thanks or thankfulness. In the New Testament, in the King James Version, the word thanks appears 73 times. The word thanksgiving appears 28 times. The word thank appears 27 times. Thanked appears three times along with thankful. The word thanksgiving appears only twice. And the words thankfulness, thanking, and thankworthy each appear one time. So as you can see throughout the Bible, the spiritual discipline of gratitude is exhibited many, many times. Christ used the word thanks or thank many times in his prayers to his father. I'll give you an example, a biblical example of, of the word thank that is probably one that we should not use, but nonetheless, it appears in the Bible. Luke 18, 11, you're familiar with this. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. Obviously, his thankfulness or his expression of gratitude was self-centered not one of being praiseworthy to God for anything that God had done for him. To give a more personal example of the lack of thankfulness, uh, last Sunday, Caleb, Katrina, and Chase and myself went to Cracker Barrel to eat lunch. Uh, as we arrived, uh, there were several people exiting the building, so I held the door open. Four people filed out without a word. Then finally, the fifth person passed by and looked at me and said, thank you. So, so out of the five people, only one person paused to say thank you. I'm not even sure that the others even realized that someone was holding the door for them. We are entering into a season of 
Thanksgiving. We celebrate Thanksgiving as a holiday in this country, as do other countries, but not necessarily in the same, on the same date or even in the same season. But I'd like to give a little bit of history <clears throat> about how Thanksgiving came about in our country. Going back to <clears throat> the early 1600s, in 1621, after the Pilgrims' first corn harvest proved successful, Governor William Bradford organized a feast and invited a group of the colony's Native American allies. This is now remembered as America's first Thanksgiving, although the pilgrims themselves may not have used the term at the time, the festival lasted for three days. I think I would like to adopt that three-day rule myself, especially with lots of leftovers and football. During the American Revolution, Continental Congress designated one or more days of Thanksgiving per year. And in 1789, George Washington issued the first Thanksgiving proclamation by the national government of the United States. In it, he called upon Americans to express their gratitude for the happy conclusion of the country's war of independence and the successful ratification of the U.S. Constitution. His successor, successors, John Adams and James Madison, also designated days of thanks during their presidencies. In 1817, New York became the first of several states to officially adopt an annual Thanksgiving holiday. Each state celebrated it on a different day, however, and in the American South, the tradition remained largely unfamiliar. In 1827, the noted magazine editor, Sarah Hale, who was an author of countless writings, most notably being Mary Had a Little Lamb. Ms. Hale launched a campaign to establish Thanksgiving as a national holiday. For 36 years, she published numerous editorials and sent scores of letters to governors senators, presidents, and other politicians, earning her the nickname of the Mother of Thanksgiving. Abraham Lincoln finally heeded her request in 1863 at the height of the Civil War in a proclamation entreating all Americans to ask God to commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers during the civil strife and to heal the wounds of the nation. He scheduled Thanksgiving for the final Thursday in November and it was celebrated on that day every year until 1939. In 1939, President Roosevelt moved the holiday up a week in an attempt to spur retail sales, sound familiar, during the Great Depression. Roosevelt's plan, known derisively as Frank's giving, was met with passionate op opposition. And in 1941, the president reluctantly signed a bill making Thanksgiving the fourth Thursday in November. And it remains so today. 
going back to a biblical source of thanksgiving, we've examined what Paul had to say in the letter to Timothy. We've looked at a, a dishonest or disingenuous prayer of a man offering thanks to God. But one of the most celebrated and familiar passages regarding thanksgiving or gratitude is Psalm 100. You'll recognize it. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. We know that we as Christians should offer our expressions of gratitude to God for all that he has provided for us. And sometimes we let even days go by without even thinking that we are blessed. And that's the whole reason for discussing the idea of a discipline. And that is to form a habit, to become accustomed to saying thank you, Lord, quite often because we are blessed many times each day. So when we offer thanks, we obviously offer thanks to God, but our, our expression of gratitude should also be offered to our fellow man. Why should we express or exhibit gratitude? One, is it is a trait of godliness. And two, it conveys a spirit of genuine thankfulness. It can also be used to counter a negative comment. For example, someone in our congregation might have a word to say about our preacher. And your response might be, well, I think we have a very good preacher. Thank you. Not necessarily expression of gratitude, but one of at least acknowledging that we do have a quality preacher. How should we construct or build a spirit of gratitude? Well, we use physical training to build muscles. In the same way, we should use spiritual training to train or develop habits, practices, things that we do on a routine basis. How do we express gratitude? 
obviously verbally saying thank you or offering thanks. We can even say we appreciate something or we appreciate you. Then there are nonverbal actions that we can take, such as smiling. You know, we wear the masks now and we rarely know what someone's facial expression is. And I think everyone goes through a process when they encounter someone who is wearing a mask. And if you make eye contact, is that person smiling at you? Are they frowning at you? Are they sticking out their tongue at you? What are they doing? It's difficult to tell. Sometimes we can tell just by the look in their eye, or if we can determine that their face, facial expressions express a smile. Another way we can express gratitude is through prayer. We are constantly asking God for things, for blessings, for peace, for intervention, for relief from pain or from discomfort or from grief. But we also can offer prayers of thanksgiving. So what is the goal? What's the end goal of all of this, of the spiritual disciplines? As we learn to train ourselves, <clears throat> as we learn to discipline ourselves and to develop habits and practices, from a spiritual standpoint, it is to gain spiritual strength, to prepare for spiritual warfare, which we all encounter on a daily basis. Sometimes we don't even recognize it. But I think if our senses are tuned to being thankful, we will recognize when the evil one attacks us. And if we have yet to develop a discipline of thankfulness or gratitude, we tend to let blessings pass us by without any acknowledgement. The other is developing a spiritual mindset, which like physical exercise that trains muscles, spiritual mindset is a training of the soul. So our soul takes on a different, a different manner. Wouldn't you like to be known as someone who is a thankful person, an appreciative person? I say it takes 30 days to develop a habit and that's probably a good habit or a bad habit. But if we are aware of the need to express gratitude, that is the first step in developing that habit. So we recognize the need 
and then we offer the expression. And that can just be simply a smile or a courtesy, such as opening a door, helping someone. All are examples of gratitude. Now, we have the goal of strengthening ourselves for spiritual warfare and training our soul to where thankfulness or gratitude is an action. But what's the purpose? One would be to become confident. To become confident in our relationship with God. To help relieve doubt when those doubts arise. We can become well-equipped followers of Christ. Another is to become Christ-like. Christ is our example. He is our best example. And as previously noted, he offered thanks to the Father on many, many occasions. And then, finally, to make disciples of others which if you've attended here for any length of time, you are aware that our mission is to make disciples of others. <clears throat> so in closing, I'd like to read from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 through 21, which pretty much sum up the spirit of gratitude or thankfulness as it relates to our relationship not only with others but with God. Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let me offer a prayer for us as we close. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that you provide to deliver a message from your word that can be accessed online. That in itself is a blessing because in these times of the pandemic, we know that there are people who are very vulnerable health-wise and they can't risk having contact with others. So we're thankful for the opportunity to deliver your word by means of the internet. We're thankful for those that listen to the word and we're thankful for all of the blessings that you provide to each of us. We're told that the Lord makes it rain on the just and the unjust. So we're thankful for your being mindful of us. Thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the holiday that we're going to 
and joy, that we will be with friends, we will be with relatives, and we will enjoy each other's company in the spirit that you lay on our hearts. Amen.